uh, as well. Amen. <laughs> Ephesians, the second chapter, the 11th through the 22nd verse. And it says in the NIV version, does everybody have it? So Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, 11. Ephesians 2, 11. Yes, 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 yes. Ephesians 2 is after Ephesians 1. <laughs> Amen. 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 It says here, Therefore remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Verse 12, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise. Someone say the promise. The promise. Without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For as he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two. So I'm going to say one new, one new humanity, humanity out of the two, out of thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. Verse 17, he came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. Okay. For through him, talking about Jesus, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Somebody say one spirit. One spirit. Consequently, verse 19, cons consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Members of his household. Verse 20, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Verse 22, and in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling which God's lives live, which God lives by his spirit. That's the key verse here. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Somebody say, I'm a dwelling. Somebody say, I'm a dwelling. Somebody say, I'm a dwelling. All right, you may rest in the presence of the Most High. Amen. 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 I'm excited about that. Amen. Amen. The big idea today is we need one another to carry out the mission of God. We need one another to carry out the mission of God. I want to share with you today upon the theme we aren't we aren't related somebody say we ain't related we ain't related, I ain't related to you but we're family <laughs> we aren't related but we're family we're family somebody say family 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 let's put these things into context a little bit I ain't related to you but we family amen there's a picture in a biblical community being part of a family of God, working together so that people see a clear portrait of God, to see what God really looks like. That's the biblical community. It's, it's, it can, it's so that the Father can be seen by how we live our lives. It's a, your, your testimony quite often is how you live your life, not just what you say, but what people see. How you living? 
So biblical community is supposed to be a reflection of how good and great God is. It's supposed to be a reflection of how it's going to be just a little glimpse of what heaven is. Okay. Well, we're not even related, mm. but we're family. Now, some of us here have people, you know, I have family members of my bloodlines that are of my blood, my blood. I'm not the only one that I just don't like some of them. Amen? <laughs> Amen. And I'm certain some of them don't like me. That's right. Oh. Uh. <laughs> but we family. That's right. You know? So if something goes down, I'm, I'm going down too. They need help, they can call me. I help. Because we family. Some of your best friends, you know, aren't really related to you. Some of your best friends, you know, in our group, I have a, I saw a picture of me in junior high school with five or six other dudes, and we were all about the same height, all about the same width. We were all skinny, and we were standing there in these members-only jackets. Who had a members-only jacket? Am I the only one that had a members-only yeah, I'm sorry about that. I'm telling myself. Y'all okay. don't even know. Y'all don't even know. That was, I was clean right there. I was in junior high school. That was the heaviest coat we had at the time in California. It was a members only jacket. That means it was winter. But I saw that, and so I grew up with the same, I guess, 30 to 40 black people from junior high to high school. That's, that was it, that was my community. That was, everybody else didn't look like me. And so, um, that, those, that's to this day, that's my family. That's my family, those are my boys, Zodi and Richard and Pookie and them. We actually had a Pookie, we had a Pookie. And yeah, we, we had a Pookie. Everybody had a Pookie, right? That name. His name was Eddie, but somebody got to be Pookie. <laughs> but that's to this day, they need me. I'm going. That's my friend. Those are my friends. Matter of fact, one day we were on Facebook and Zodi was telling me that Zodi. He was telling the story on Facebook, like, man, they came after me, man, and I was fighting and I couldn't do anything about it. And it was beating me down and I was losing. And then you could see a stream of guys saying, On my way, where you at? Here I come. And he was talking at the end of it, said, These mosquitoes are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the guys were like, Wherever you are, I'm coming. Because that's, that's family. That's family. See, church is supposed to create family. We are a reflection of God. We are family. That's the community that we're, we're building here. We, this is things in context. That's just who we are. Community. Lesson one, community is a non-negotiable reality. Community is a non-negotiable reality. Community is something you can't negotiate out of. Your bloodline family, you can't say, we're not related. I just, I decided that you're no longer my sister. That, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. It, it, it doesn't happen. It, it stops right there. You know, you know what I'm saying? That doesn't work. You, you can't negotiate out of being community. In your church. That's what we're supposed to do. Ephesians, the second chapter, 11 through 13 verses says, Therefore remember that formerly you were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision. Those who call themselves by circumcision, which is one which is done in the body of human hands. 
Remember that at the time you were separate from God, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, who once were far away, you've been brought near by the blood of Christ. We're family now. We're blood family. But you've been washed by the blood. We are now connected by blood. And there's nothing you can do about it. We are like your, your brother, your sister, your cousin, that crazy uncle. Who has a crazy uncle? Everybody got a crazy uncle. Everybody got a crazy uncle. Man, I got a crazy uncle named, because he was born George. He changed his name to Gino, because Gino used to work for the mafia, and then Gino used to rob banks. That's my, that's my, that's my homeboy. That's Gino. Gino. Gino's broken out of prison. Federal prison two times. You oh. bad boy. Not once. Twice. I had never had a problem that Uncle Gino couldn't fix if he wanted to. You know what I'm saying? He was just that type of brother. That's how we ended up in California to help out Gino and his business. See, he had a janitorial business cleaning the Navy Yard in, in Long Beach. And so Gino as a felon, had a contract with the Navy Yard. I don't even know how that works. How do you do that? I don't even see how that... And then Gino had a big old house on in Santa Monica, right down the street from the beach. I, I don't know. I can't help you understand that. I don't even... He did it. Built a studio in the basement. Gino was a bad boy. He had a moving company, a janitorial company. Gino drove big black Cadillacs and air, motorcycles and all his moving trucks were black. Gino was rich, and I don't even, I can't help you. I don't understand how, he, he did it. I mean, he was, that's how we got there, that's where I lived. I lived down the street from Santa Monica. I grew up in Santa Monica near the beach because of Gino. I don't understand, but I, I say this, as much as I don't want to claim Gino, he my family. There you go. He my family. Gino had a record label and company. <laughs> I, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I don't. I just know that he, I mean, if he can do it two times. Two times. But, but that's my family. Don't. Hey, that's my family. So, and when you get together, everybody's so happy to see him. I don't, because, maybe because he's free. I don't know, but we just happy to see Gino. Yeah, yeah. Gino brought my grandmother a, a Cadillac, a big old Cadillac, because she needed a car. And he drove this big old long Cadillac. I mean, dude, she's, she's 70 years old, brother. I mean, I just, but she needed a car. He said, okay, I'm going to get my mama a big car. I mean, she's 70. Bless his heart. But anyways, that's my cousin Gino. But he's in my community, and it's non-negotiable. It's non-negotiable. Nothing I can do about it. Even the craziest ones in your family, what, what you gonna do? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> we, we not related, but we family, we family. So here we are, some things we were supposed to do, we were called to do by scripture, to love one another. Isaiah 13, 34 through 5, it says this, A new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. 
after two years of doing this, we built this community. And I can honestly say to everybody, I love you. I absolutely love you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I love you. I see right now, which is rare in the church world, there's nobody here I don't like. I can say that honestly. Woo! That's a rarity to be able to say that in church world, but there's actually nobody here. I, I, if you call me, I'll take the call. I mean, there's times I'm like, man, I gotta take this call, man. I don't even want. She lost her, mind. but, I'm, but I, I don't have that. I don't have that. I just, wow, this is hard. That is a blessing. That's a blessing. I hear preachers talk, man. We get together and talk, and there's always somebody, Sally May, who's causing problems. We don't have a. Amen. Thank God. I like a shot on that. <laughs> <laughs> we are supposed to be not just loving them. We're supposed to be kind to one another. That's right. The scripture says in Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ, our God, forgave you. So we have to be, you know, we need to forgive. I don't care. There's nothing that we can't resolve in the church family. Because we're supposed to walk into it in a position of forgiveness. Being kind. Being kind is being forgiving too. God forgave. If if we were, if God were to punish us for everything that we should be punished for, we wouldn't even be here right now. Exactly. As a matter of fact, if the person you're sitting next to, even if you married, if they knew everything that you ever done in life. Jesus. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Well, thank God for Jesus. Thank God for sending us his only begotten son to wipe away all that to show a sense of forgiveness. That's one of my favorite scriptures says in Isaiah 42. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers them no more. Let's argue the matter together. What he's saying is, I, I can't even, I don't even want to think about what you did. I'm, not, I'm just going to forget about it. So I can continue to love on you. So we need to have a position of forgetfulness along with our forgiveness. So if you do, somebody does wrong you, you, you know, forgive and then forget. Move forward. That's our, we're community. And it's non-negotiable. I'm going to love you regardless of you. Yes. Amen? Amen? I'm supposed to encourage one another. First Thessalonians says this in 418 says, therefore encourage one another with these words. Encourage one another. You know, I would tell people, somebody tell me I was in a, in a church and a guy would come to me all the time and say, stay encouraged. And I would like get upset, like, man, I'm encouraged. Why are you telling me to stay encouraged? <laughs> like I'm downtrodden. But we're responsible to encourage one another, to inspire us to be the best version of us. To be the best version of us. All I can do is be the best of me. I can't be Joe John, Jimmy Joe, and Sally Mae. I can't be. Matter of fact, I don't know why I'm saying Sally Mae. Maybe she's going to retire my debt. <laughs> she's been on my mind. Father, I need some retirement of debt from Sally Mae. That's somebody in my family I want to cut off. I think she feel like she in my family. You know what I mean? I know her by purse and middle name. Amen. She just all up in my business. I'm just, Kick her to the curb. <laughs> and we must pray for each other. James 5.16 says this. 
Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Let's pray for one another. What I love about this past scripture, it speaks to the fact that I was to pray for one another. It says the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. When I read that, the sins that are crossing through my mind, I have to tell myself, I got to get this prayer through. Because I need to be powerful and effective. This is why we fast and we pray. This church has a prayer team. Monday through Friday, three people each day have responsibility to pray for specific things for that day. Or pray for an hour. They're all encouraged to pray for one hour. Because we're a church that believes in effective prayer. We believe that we can get to the throne of grace. We believe that you can't really have a relationship with God without prayer. We believe that, see, I don't have to have a prophetic moment every time you come in here. We don't have to have a prophetic moment. We don't have to spit, shout, dance, and run around. Because we come in here already understanding that we have an anointing upon us. Sometimes I don't, I shouldn't tell you this because, but I believe that since I pray so much, when I sit down to eat, I don't have to have a long prayer. I can just give thanks. I have to work on that because people around me don't understand that. But I believe that I'm walking, I pray, I'm praying continuously. I'm trying to, I'm chasing after God. I don't know about you, I want to get there. But there are days I'm not the strongest. But when I'm on, <laughs> it's on. Right. In fact, I was in a prayer the other day, and I was riding around um, voting. I tried to vote more than once. You can't vote but one time in America. <laughs> and uh, I thought I was in Chicago or somewhere like that. Man. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> 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 and I ran into the sister from the church. Okay. I ran to the sister from the church. I had to look and see. And um, and, and she was parked to the side, just onto the side. And I don't even know how I saw her. I don't even know, but I saw her. I circled around. And I, not even her car. I circled around. I came back. And I looked again. And I said, well, that is her. And I circled around. I came back. And I pulled alongside of her. And she was able to tell me in her moment of need what she needed. And I don't even know, I mean, I want, she, she don't, even, don't even live over it. I mean, I'm supposed to be there. But she, there she was. And she's like, Pastor, I'm just going through this, that, and the other three things. And, you know, I wish I could be, but I can't be right now. But I want to be, and I'm trying to get to. And I said, well, girl, you know, sometimes you just, God places you in your prayer for life to be of encouragement to somebody in the moment of need that you don't even know that you're in a position to speak into their life. But that's why we have this prayer. We are we, we can't negotiate out of being community to love one another, to be kind to one another, to encourage one another, and to pray for each other. Community is also about being one. Ephesians 2, 14 says this, For he himself is our peace, who has made two groups one, and destroyed the barrier, the dividing of hostility, by setting aside in the flesh and the law with his commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He 
came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Community is about being one. See, what happened here is that there were two sets of people. There were the Gentiles and God's chosen who were Israel. And see, when Jesus came, see, the promises God initially had was to those who were his chosen people, the Israelites, those tribes, those members, and that was it. Nobody else had a promise from God. No, those are the only ones that were going to make it to heaven. That was it. But then Jesus came and he brought together the non-believers who were the Gentiles, who were the non-Jews, who were the Gentiles, which is you and I. And what he did was through God, he, he put his dedication, his commitment, the victory over the cross, what he did was he brought the two parties together. And now we're one. But now we can go to the Father, which is God, through his Holy Spirit. That makes us one. So Jesus did that. So now we are now one family. From those who had the original promise to those who now share that promise. Israelis, Israelites, had the original promise. We now, as believers in Jesus, share in that promise, and now we're one. So all the promises you read of in the Old Testament, we share in those two. All the laws he gave them in the Old to the Ten Commandments, those are our laws now too. Because now we're one people with the promise by God that he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us, he'll be with us to the very end of the ages. We're one. And as a church, we are to reflect what God's commandments are. We are to reflect what God's reality is, is that we're one people. So as a church, we're a community. We're one. We ain't related, but we're family. We're family. And as family, we, we, we go with the ebbs and the flows. We hear from one another. If I get nothing else, I can pray for you. If I do nothing else, I, I need to stay connected in the community so I can help you in the time of need. We got so beat up over our signs we put out. We got a letter in the mail. The, the, the landlord was like, you can't put no signs out. First sign is $100. Second sign is $500. Some crazy number like that. And I'm like, what you say? <laughs> but what did I do? I, so I go to this meeting every month with the uh, one, the commissioner, kind of commissioner for this community, for this section. And she brings together pastors and heads of city and county departments. And so I sit there with the superintendent of schools, the chief of police or his major, um, the county manager, the city manager, and and the person who's over housing and neighborhood services. And I sit there and I know them by name. We're now friends, professional friends, but friends. And so I happened to be in that meeting so that at one meeting I met with her because I'm talking about housing in Charlotte. And it's the head of neighborhood housing and neighborhood services who's over code enforcement. So when I got the thing from code, I like, well, I already talked to the lady who heads the leader was Pamela, and she said we can put our signs out. Okay. He said, well, "You talk to who? I never got had anybody tell me they talked to, you know, the big boss." He said, "Hold on, uh -huh. Uh -huh. let me get back to you." So I sent the communication to the big boss and her, her deputy, and within an hour, you can leave your signs out. You just have to place them on, you know, a little further away from the sidewalk. Uh, 
you know, go ahead and leave them. But see, that didn't happen because, I, the reason I get engaged engage the community is because I want to be connected for you. Yes. So when you have need, mm -hmm. I already know who I can speak to. And so that's about being in community. Everybody has a connection or a resource that can strengthen this community. Kendrick starting a brand new business, you know, and I saw his fees. He, he ain't cheap. Okay. <laughs> and I said, ain't on purpose. He ain't cheap. <laughs> but he's in community. And so they, your kids and some of you can go and, and play in a top-notch video game truck. The other people are going to pay, what, 375 for two hours? For two hours, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 325. 325. So, so be in community. Tell all your friends to go to pixelplay.games and uh, get the video game truck. We're going to help one another out. But communities be close to this. Community can be messy. Community can be messy. It's not all peaches and cream, which is my favorite dessert. Community is supposed to be your support system. <laughs> what is my favorite dessert? I'm simple. My wife will go and get some peaches in the summer and some um, um, whipped cream, the light whipped cream, and some brown sugar. And put that. Ooh! That man, that's, that's some goodness and mercy right there. I'm just trying to tell you. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a simple dude. I'm a simple dude. The community can be messy. Yes. As a believer, it's, it's sometimes it's messy because you are a believer. Yes. Because when the enemy sees that you are believing, he starts to attack. And quite often we need to understand when there's separation between relationships, even in the church, or even in your own family, and there's separation, it's because there's an attack by the enemy. Yes. See, the enemy doesn't even want your, the real family to be connected because there's power in being connected to family. Because you're not by yourself, which means that if, if you go in a hard place or a difficult time and you're by yourself, you can be defeated. You have thoughts of suicide, thoughts of depression come. The things that come because you have no one to encourage you to fight the good fight of the faith. So if you're struggling with those thoughts, it's because you're not connected to a family, you're not connected to a, a community. You're by yourself. I'm here to tell you, you're not by yourself. We're a church that prays for you, believes God for you, wants to encourage you to do the, be the best that you can be. We're that in your life because we're called to be, but community can be messy. <clears throat> Dustin Williams in the book Life of Mission says this, the church is a bunch of sinful people getting together with a bunch of sinful people, <clears throat> working out sinful lives and believing that God will somehow use it all to grow the group toward maturity. The church is a bunch of sinful people. Getting together with a bunch of sinful people. We haven't all figured it out. But we're trying to figure it out. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we understand that we're not all perfect. We understand we're not, we don't have it all together. We understand that you, this person is just as sinful as I am. That how can mm -hmm. I be better than this person? When you all seem to be in this together, the messiness starts to decrease. 
is when we start thinking we're better than the next person because we say hallelujah a little louder than that person. And we, we weep when we when we pray. When we, I, I don't know, did you live in a bigger house or drive a better car? Well, you don't realize that we're all in this together. We're all in this together. There's only one judge and one jury, and y'all ain't it. I, we have no heaven and no hell to put you in. Not one. Matter of fact, we're all trying to get there. And if you're not, let me encourage you because you don't want the other side. You don't want the alternative. As a matter of fact, I want a piece of heaven here on earth. You know, I, I, the by and by is great, but help me right now. <laughs> Amen? Amen. That's what we're here for, to help you right now. Because we know it ain't easy. I, and I've never felt so good when I drive around Charlotte. I've never been pulled over in Charlotte. That's a good feeling for me. Because I'm going to tell you again, I got pulled over 26 times in six years in Indiana. Oh, Lord. If I thought about driving, I would think about getting pulled over. <laughs> it was rough. But when you get to a place in a, in a community that's, you know, that's not really after you aggressively, then there's a certain amount of comfort that comes with that. And here in this community, we're not actively after you. No one's pitted against you. We want to see you succeed. And that's what community is all about. That's what the church community is. It's non-negotiable love. So after two years, we still loving you. We still care about you. Still want to know what your future is. We want to help you get there. I, I, I talk to some students all the time. I talk to some students all the time. And I recruit for, for elite universities to get into school. And, I, and I'm under the strong belief. I went to a black college a whole black college. And I went to a very wealthy graduate school. And I've seen both sides. I've seen both sides. I've seen eating potatoes on a variety of ways, every meal. I mean, every meal. I have potatoes every way in, in my HBCU. I mean, mashed, stirred, fried, hashed. I mean, it's just, they just were created with a potato. And none of them were ever red. They're always those white potatoes. I mean, never red potatoes. Nothing fancy. But then I've also went to a place where you can order a filet mignon. And if you want to, get you a bottle of Dom Perignon at your meal. No, I'm serious. I'm, no, very serious. Where you can go and tell the, the chef what you want to eat that night. In the dorm. So I've seen both sides of heaven and hell. And let me tell you, heaven's a whole lot sweeter than hell. Because see, in hell, I couldn't even get a baked potato. I couldn't get a baked potato. But over in here in heaven, I get a baked potato how I want it. Right. So what I'm here to tell you is, when we have choices, we have to always remember that we're in this together. And I don't want you to experience the alternative 
where you haven't stirred potatoes, I want you to experience the baked potato. So I'm going to tell you about what's a choice to go get this baked potato over here. Because I've had this, I didn't say mashed, I said stirred. That's what you said. Because sometimes it starts in a box. Yeah. And not in the ground. That's an instant potato. Let's just bring it to the close. Ephesians 2.19 says, Consequently, you know, the foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling which God lives by his spirit. We are a dwelling place for God. We, we are brought together to encourage one another. We're brought together on purpose so that we can be a place that God can dwell within us and that his overflow will be a blessing to those who are connected to us. So we don't seek the dwelling of the Holy Spirit just for us to empower us because I know without it, you're nothing but clay. Without it, you're just 80% water, 85% water, formed together with a little bit of clay, walking around with a little heartbeat and breath. You're weak, you're frail. With his power and dwelling inside of us, which is sin, who God is, to come inside of us, we become powerful. Now, you put two powerful people together who have the dwelling of the Holy Spirit, you can move a mountain. You put a roof full of people who understand that the Spirit of the Lord dwells inside of them, we can change the city. We can lift this community up. We are a big, small church with the understanding we have five acres of land we're working on over here. Who, who does that? We're a big little church understanding that we had something every Friday night in, for the summer, which is crazy. Yeah. And I don't know if we'll ever do that again, but we did it this past <laughs> And other people are like, well, how do you do that? Because we love community. We want to display the love of God through what we do. We're, that's who we are. We are reflections of God's kingdom here on earth. We had these free family fun events. The kids went out there to play in the, in the video game truck. And we're intentional about inviting the community to things. So the community got invited to come at 12 noon. We on purpose did not invite them to church. We invited them to the video game truck. We invited y'all to come back to church because we want to work with inside of who we have. And believing that you will love us so much, you're going to tell somebody to come back and visit us here. That's how we want to grow. But it's not about growth. It's about showing God's love. We want to, we had these free family funny events. So there's three things here. I want to encourage other Christians to engage with their neighbors. We want people to come and engage with other Christians to know who is on the side. Who can we count on? We want to see what a Christ-like person looks like. We want, the, we want some people who may have a greater connection with our neighbors than us than we do. We want them to come who have a greater connection with the community than we have. And we want them to, to speak to that community, to, to show God's love. We want them to be the evangelists that we cannot be because they have a greater connection. And third, we desire to display Jesus through our church family to our neighbors. We want to show Jesus to our neighbors and our community as a whole, a big community as a whole, what Jesus looks like. So we had these events 
to encourage one another inside the church family, but also to show the world this is what a church looks like. This is what Christ's love looks like. This is what Christ's love, his resurrection over the cross, his defeat over the cross, his defeat over the enemy. This is what the outcome is, is outgoing love that you can't do nothing about because we ain't related, but we family. So we close, John 13, 34 says this, a new command I give you, love one another as I loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Love one another. After 730 days, 54 weeks, and two years, we just came out here to tell you we love you. We love everything about you. We love you tall, short, round, and thin. Soft on the eyes or you hurt my eyes. We love you just the same. You're beautiful to us. You're gorgeous to us. You're magnificent to us. When I say us, the church family. You're wonderful. And we're thanking God because you are here. Connected to God. We're thanking God that we are family. We're thanking God we have an opportunity to do life together. We're thanking God that if we stick together, there's nothing that we can't do collectively together. We're thanking God for his promises to be with us at the very end of the days. He'll never leave us. We're thanking God for the commission he placed upon us to go out and make disciples. And so we'll work collectively together to continue to build people up, to be prayer warriors, to be believers of the gospel, to be doers of the gospel, to be anointed to complete the task that God placed before them. Victory is ours. Victory is ours. Do you understand that you can't lose when you're a believer and on God's side? So dream bigger. Think bigger. Walk in the vision that God gave you as a child. It's going to come to pass if you just do not give up. Everyone, please stand to your feet. Hi, this is Pastor Baird of the Empowered Living Church, the ELC. We're located in the great city of Charlotte, North Carolina. I want to thank you for listening or watching to one of our weekly messages. We here love the Lord and wish to expand his kingdom by sharing the good news. Come back and visit us at our website, empoweredliving.church, or come out and visit us one Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We love to worship with you. God bless.